We are back. Let's get the ball rolling. Teams with the most to prove. Who will those teams be from the mind of myself? Stay tuned. Let's get the ball rolling. Hey, we are back with Get the Ball Rolling, a sports podcast with Tyler Fessler. Hey guys, once again we're back and I'm really excited uh, once again to be on the mic talking to you here in the studio, working my butt off, doing the best that I possibly can for you guys. Uh, to start off this this podcast, I have been thinking a lot about just something, uh, a story that came across my mind and I wanted to share it with you guys. And there's different variations of this uh, this story. I want to tell you the one that I heard, and you guys can take it for what it's worth, uh, and run with it. So, I was given this story by one of my, uh, good friends, sent an email over it to me, and it really impacted my life, and I want to talk about this just because, uh, A, I, sports are obviously inspiring. I love sports, and, uh, also, you never know who you might touch, uh, something that you might feel, and and whatever but anyway so to start off the the story there there's a little boy right and he is he's in his room and he wakes up one morning and he looks out and he sees uh his grandfather walking on the beach right and he and he's kind of watches watches him and he sees this interaction right and this guy is walking towards his grandfather and his grandfather is picking up starfish from the ocean and he's chucking them back right he's walking right along where the where the tide comes in and uh, as the tide's going out it's leaving all these starfish all along the beach right and the guy he's he's observing this his grandson and the guy goes up to him and says hey why are you throwing all these starfish back in the ocean? Like, don't you know that there that there are thousands of starfish on this beach? Why are you doing that? They, you know, they just dry up and die, and and now they they they're later sold, right? Like, why are you doing this? And he heard his grandfather say he picked one up and he threw it uh, into the ocean. He said, "Well, it made a difference for that one," and and he did it again. He said it made a difference for that one. He's like, so. As I as I pondered that, right, it's just kind of a brief summary of what I wanted to to share you, with you guys. Something that really impacted me uh, today. Wanted you guys, if you're listening to this, uh, no matter how small you feel that you are making a difference, make a difference in the world, right? Um, and I think sports has a great opportunity. It is a great catalyst for that uh, to be able to. Take time out of your day to go out and help someone, uh, even if they are wearing the the opposing school, the opposing team, uh, whatever. Take your time out. Do something good in the world. Uh, this world's hard enough without you know other people being rude to one another. So go out, make a difference. So that's just kind of my opening bit that I was thinking about today. Uh, it kind of, it really kind of impacted me, and it's something that you kind of you start to think about, and you want to tell as many people as possible. And the only way I thought I was like, hey, I want to do this. This is this is a good uh, place to start off. But anyway, and now we are going to get back into the sports action and we will be talking about teams with most approved in 2019 this is now part three uh we're going to be talking about the american athletic mountain west and half of the mac conference today 
most of you guys, uh, I mean, if you don't specifically live in the area or the regions in which these uh, teams are prominent, you probably haven't even heard uh, of them unless you are really glued to bowl season or stuff or you're a football junkie like me. So we might be talking about teams that you may never have heard of, uh, people you may have never heard of, but a lot of a lot of these uh, these coaches in these other teams, these not I wouldn't say lower, but group of five teams, right? They get pulled up and they become great, amazing coaches. Uh, I'm going to use uh, Houston's coach, right, at at the University of Texas right now, Tom Herman, right? He has an impact down here in the American, goes up. Now he possibly, I mean, we're talking about Texas, maybe even making the national championship this year. This, stuff like this. So it is really important to be able to stay tuned. That's why I love covering the bottom, the the, the power, not the power five, the, the group of five uh, teams, and then the FCS because a lot of talent, uh, both kids, uh, athletes, I mean, you know, and coaches come out of these these programs and they end up making a really big impact whether it be in the nfl i mean you look at carson wentz uh playing at north dakota state joe flacco playing at delaware you look at these you know these teams uh that go out and they they recruit these kids and they end up making a difference uh an impact in uh in the nfl right and we know that the coaches are the exact same way anyway we're going to start off with the american athletic conference that'll be our first uh little bit we will be talking about american conference east and the team that i have selected that i feel that i honestly that i feel that has the most approved is the usf bulls now the usf bulls are a team that is really uh dear to my heart and that is because i love tampa bay uh buccaneers football uh please don't hate me for that if you are a saints panthers falcons fan i still you know still love football uh but I love the Bucks, right? And USF actually plays in Tampa Stadium, in Raymond James Stadium. And so we've always uh, been able to, I've always followed them just due to the tie to Tampa. Uh, my little brother, uh, at the beginning of every football season, we like to pick uh, who are our favorite teams. I mean, obviously, it's a lot of the same teams over and over again, but new teams like, you know, Charlotte, the 49ers, they come in. Um, and now we had, oh man, whose team is this? We're gonna, you know, we're gonna talk about it. Well, Hayden would tell you that USF is his team. And if you ask me, USF is my team. So USF is obviously dear to my heart, dear to my brother's heart, apparently, even though I don't think he likes them because he is a Saints fan. And I don't know why he would like Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa t- school, but anyway. So there's that. Uh, USF last year, they went a, a record of seven and five, right? And they ended up losing in the Gasparilla Bowl to Marshall by a score, I believe it was 30 to 20, if I am not mistaken. Uh, what, something that's really interesting about the USF Bulls last year is they go, they win the first seven games and they lose the last six, right? They start off the season great. And they lose the last six. So you're going to, you start asking yourself, okay, what's going on? And I think this is why this team has the most to prove. Can they win more games uh, in the second half of their season, right? A lot of times uh, when you look at schedules and stuff like that, it, it really is reoccurring every single year. You're going to have a, probably a pretty tough game. On the first of the year, you're going to have a couple of, uh, I would say, easier non-conference games. You're going to get into your conference play. And if you're a good team, usually you dominate your conference play and you move on with this season. You're, you know, talking about bigger and better Bulls. Uh, the the Bulls, uh, the USF Bulls last year, they started off, and I think, 
I think the schedule might have helped them, you know, in regards to this. They ended up playing Elon first, right? FCS foe. They beat them by a score of 34 to 14. They then beat Georgia Tech, whom Georgia Tech, uh, I, at least in the past, it was always really easy. I think, I don't know, I didn't, I'm not a player nor a coach, but I feel like it, would, it was always easy to beat Georgia Tech first of the season before they got their whole triple option down, their goofy stunts and stuff like that down. So they, they ended up beating them. They beat Illinois, who we knew, who we know is one of the, worst teams in the Big Ten, and they beat East Carolina, who was one of the worst teams in the American Athletic last year. They have a bye, so they're 4-0, they're on a bye, you know, it might be, the you know, looks are deceiving, then they play UMass, which is an FCS, well not FCS, it's an FBS independent, sorry for that, but FBS independent hasn't really made any noise. Was good in the FCS, but hasn't really made any any noise. Uh, they win that, They then they beat Tulsa, also, one of the bottom uh, feeders in the American Athletic, uh, in on the other side of the the conference, and then they beat UConn, which is that was I believe the worst side, worst uh, team on the East. And then, I mean, the schedule got hard. Houston, super good on the other side. Tulane, which I think is up and coming this next year. They ended up, you know, losing to Tulane. Uh, then they played at Cincinnati, who we know went ten and two last year, had a really good uh, season under Luke Fickle. Uh, they play at Temple. They lose. Uh, Temple was picked as one of the favorites to win that side of the conference, and then they ended up losing to UCF. So it was really deceiving, I guess. The schedule definitely helped uh, playing a lot of the easier teams at the first of the season and then struggling down the stretch. But I think this team has a lot to prove. Uh, like I said, can they get? Can they? Can this team? Uh, compete. We know a few. I know a few years ago they put up insane amounts of numbers. Right, that was under Willie Taggart. They were just putting up. It was just offense, 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 big offense, big scoring. I mean, I remember watching the UCF uh, game a few years ago, uh, forty-eight to thirty-one. It was a complete barn burner. The year before, uh, in seventeen forty-two to forty-nine, just crazy, crazy uh, offense. And so this year, the schedule lines up uh, pretty interesting enough uh, for them. Might help a little bit uh, with with what we were talking about, winning the first seven, losing the last six. Uh, they start off the season at home against Wisconsin. It's really an interesting game just because Wisconsin's coming off another kind of disappointing season as well. Uh, they are going to be going to Raymond James, so it'll be really hard. I think for Wisconsin to to start off right out of the gate, uh, it'll be a really interesting game there. And then they play at Georgia Tech. Uh, uh, Jeff Collins, one of the coolest names. Jeff, how it's spelled? G E O F F. Collins just got the just got hired at Georgia Tech, whom was the often or the head coach at Temple, so he's going to have a history with USF. And then they play South Carolina State and FCS foe, and then they play SMU, which is a pretty, I want to say, is, is a tough team. Uh, Sonny Dykes is a great coach. It'd be really interesting to see uh, that game, but it is at home. They play at UConn, which, in my opinion, UConn is in, uh, is in the same situation as they were a year ago, have a lot of questions. Not really looking for a bowl game this year. I'd be really surprised if they did. Anyway, then they play home against BYU. Uh, BYU being another independent team. Interesting enough, they they did they did go six and six last year. Not a super big worry, I think. Uh, but yeah, I think the t- the team, the talent wise, they'll match up very well. It'll be a really fun game to watch. Then they play at Navy. We know that Navy out of the East or out of the West, sorry, the American Athletic West will be tough. ECU uh, has a potential 
to be really good. They just hired Mike Houston out of James Madison, and that's a big hire. Uh, so I think he'll start turning things around. I think they're one year removed from – they'll be one year uh, until they get to a bowl game, but doesn't mean that they might not be able to snag one. Then they play Temple, Cincy, Memphis, and UCF, which UCF – uh, I are my favorites to win that side of the this side of the conference, uh, along with Temple. I think those are the the two, and it's kind of a battle uh, if USF can end up beating Temple with a first year coach there. Uh, beat Cincy. We know that Luke Fickle, like I said, had a really good season last year. See if they rebound. Memphis uh, is probably is one of the favorites out of the West and UCF. If they can get their quarterback play, they'll be. Out of the, they'll definitely. I personally think they'll win the East handedly, but does not mean that that wouldn't happen. Uh, so we'll just say that. But USF, they have, I believe it's six returners on offense and eight on defense. If I'm, uh, I might miss miss speak, but I will look that up to get a hundred percent right. So I think they have a lot to prove this this opening. This year, more so than anything, just because you know the year before they go ten and two. Last year they go seven and five regular season, and they you know first win first, lose last six. Uh, if they continue to lose, it will technically consider be still a losing streak. So if they can snag one against Wisconsin, maybe we will see these guys as legit. Uh, Blake Barnett is coming back for his senior season. He's a great addition. He played at Alabama, played at Arizona State. So this is really seasoned veteran quarterback and let's see if he can do it anyway so teams with most approved in 2019 out of the american athletic east division is the usf bulls okay moving along now with the next team up out of the american athletic west with teams with most approved in 2019 uh this was a long this was probably the longest that i have spent researching out of which which teams I want to talk about, and I was torn because I wanted to do surprise teams as well uh, with uh, surprise teams in 2019, and so I was I was debating. I was like, okay, if I do this team, who I want to talk about is going to ru- ruin that podcast that I might potentially do. But I said, oh, well, I want to talk about this team because I do think they, there's a lot to prove as well. It does not mean that they're not a surprise team as well. Or a pick to potentially win the west side of the conference. And that team will be the Tulane Green Waves. Now, a lot of people, they don't really know about Tulane. They might know Tulane the only really uh, time that I can think of that they were really nationally covered was because the Saints played in their football stadium uh, after Katrina happened, right? that was That's like the only time I really remember uh, people talking about Tulane football. Uh, they haven't been... The last time that well they went to a bowl game last year the year the last time before that was in thirteen and then the time before that was in two thousand and two, so in this decade they've went twice the in the two thousand decade from two thousand two thousand ten they went once from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety nine they went once so not really a, a a team in which you think oh wow this team can might you know might make some noise might have something to prove and i'm going to say that for a few reasons number one Tulane last year was picked to be one of the bottom if not the worst team in the american athletic conference overall and in the west side of the west side of the conference they ended up going six and six and then and they played in a bowl game against louisiana lafayette and they won the Raging Cajuns, right? They go seven and six, 
turn it around. Like I said, hadn't been to a, a bowl game. They break that curse, and now they're setting themselves up. And I think this this year, the question that I have for them in 2019 is toss-up schedule, question mark. And I want to say this. This team has a lot of talent. Their offense is, is loaded. They are stacked. I think uh, in, they have, in my opinion, the best defensive line. In the league, and that will be good uh, to to be able to stop. Uh, American Athletic is known for a lot of big offensive, a lot of quarterbacks with big arms, lots of offense, right? Uh, but this this defensive line, I think, might be the best, and they only held teams to twenty seven and a half points uh, last year, and I think they can even improve upon that this next year. But they have the league's best, in my opinion, the best. Two wide receiver or wide receiving core with Darnell Mooney and Jalen McCleskey and behind a quarterback Justin McMullen. So they bring back a lot of uh, they bring back a lot of talent, and they ended up hiring a really good coach, uh, Will Hall, which I think he'll bring a lot of speed, up tempo uh, to this Tulane offense. Now, if you're looking at the schedule going forward, right, toss-up schedule question mark, I want to say this. FIU is who they start off with. Now, FIU is under Coach Butch Davis, who is a storied coach, really good guy. I've watched him a couple times in interviews. I've always been impressed by him. They play home against FIU. Now, building upon last year's momentum, I think that they could they could win this game, right? But if you're looking and you want to take odds to Vegas and stuff, I don't really know. It would be really interesting to see what their over-under will be because I think FIU, uh, last year they did really well. The year before they did really well. But historically, they haven't been a really good program as well. So it will be interesting, very interesting schedule could go either way or a game could go either way then then they play at Auburn now not to overlook this or or understate uh Tulane in this situation but Auburn is obviously the team with a lot of power firepower and stuff like that so I mean could we have a, a upset yes it's always possible to but to go into Auburn and beat them really hard for me to to see that but then they play Missouri State which you could say uh in my opinion is is a win for them and then they play home against Houston which is a really big big turning point cuz at this point okay say say they beat FIU they beat Missouri State lose to Auburn. They're two and one going in and probably playing the favorite, uh, the favorite that I have uh, to win it. A lot of people have Memphis. I'm actually taking Houston in this situation, but you know they could play the potential favorite to win that side of the conference at home in September. You know, coming off of a win and only only having one other loss would be really, really big. And then this is what again toss up question mark toss up schedule question mark. You have the Army Black Knights that come in. Army has improved every single year. They are a really well-coached team. I really like that team. I've been impressed with them. I believe they, they were even ranked last year. So Tulane and Army, I think Army might have a little bit more talent uh, than Tulane. And they're going to play at Army, so that will definitely be difficult, especially if Army is building upon what they've been able to do in past seasons. But again, also, kind of like FIU, it's a question mark. Are they going to be able to win? What's the over-under? What are we looking at? How are they playing? If they beat Houston, are they coming off of a high? If they lose, are they going to go out for redemption? That kind of thing. Uh, they play home against UConn. Uh, they go on the road with another co-favorite uh, at Memphis, which will be, again, tough October in Memphis. I think Memphis... Again, another really well-coached team. I, Like I said, I have them as number two out of this conference, so it will be uh, 
I'll be watching to see what ends up happening there. Then they play at Navy. Uh, Navy slipped last year. Normally, they're pretty good uh, under Ken. Coach Ken, I can't say his last name. I'm not even going to try. But usually they're pretty good. But it's, it is it is at Navy. Then they play uh, home against Tulsa, which I think will be a breeze. Uh, the Golden Waves, for whatever reason, uh, before they were really, really good. They've slipped in the past. I think that now Tulane is on the rise. They're on the, they're on the decline. They play at Temple. They have to go to Philly, which will be tough, playing the, the two top favorites out of the— out of the other side of the conference, the east side of the conference, they play Temple, then they play home against UCF, and then they play at SMU to finish off the season. So if you're looking at it, I would say there's there's one, two, three, four, in my opinion, four guaranteed wins. Now, now they might go four and eight, and they might just get those guaranteed wins. But I think that they can also, they're going to be able to snag a couple of these games. I don't think that it will be like years past where we're looking at it and we're going, well, you know, when you're looking, if you're predicting a schedule, well, Tulane's going to go 3-9 and nine this year and loss, 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 and then move on to the next school and not even care about it. I think this is a really interesting team. I think the schedule uh, is really, really particular, and it's really a toss-up. They have a lot of, they have a lot of, t- time and a lot of space to do really well or a lot of time and a lot of space to do really bad uh and so teams with most approve uh like i said just due to the scheduling uh because it is a little bit harder of a schedule than other foes i mean they don't they do get uconn they don't get ecu out of the other side of the conference they don't play uc usf so and they beat usf last year so again Really interesting team. A lot to prove in 2019. Tulane Green Wave. Moving on to the Mountain West Conference. This is a conference that is very dear to my heart. And that is because that is the first time that I have really been introduced to college football. was through the Mountain West Conference. Now that was back when BYU and Utah played. There was a whack as well. So a lot of these teams that are in here... Uh, we're actually part of the WAC conference that later became the Mountain West, but I have seen almost every single one of these teams personally live uh, uh, in various states and stuff. I've seen Boise State. I've seen Utah State. I have seen Wyoming. I've seen Air Force, Colorado State, New Mexico. Uh, I have never seen Fresno State. I've seen San Diego State, UNLV. I've actually was down. I've been able to go to a UNLV game home in Las Vegas. A lot of fun, really good energy. I've seen Nevada. I've seen San Diego, San Jose State. I've seen Hawaii. So I've only there's only been one that I have not seen out of the Mountain West, and that is Fresno State. However. Um, I was able to see a few other teams as well because just due to the proximity that I've always lived to BYU and Utah. Um, but so this is a really, this is a really special conference. Uh, I think it has a lot of talent. Uh, it's been mainly run by Boise State the last, well, since they joined, uh, after BYU, Utah, and TCU left and started the whole college football expansion movement. Uh, Boise State trying to join it. I feel, not that I feel bad, but... I feel kind of like BYU, Utah, TCU were like, hey, Boise State, you're super good. You should come and join our conference. Come on, man. Like, come on, come on. You should do it. You should do it. And then at the same time, they're like, yeah, we're bad. We're bailing. We're getting out of here. We don't want to play in this anymore. We're going to go to Power 5. And BYU's like, I'm bailing. I'm going to the FBS Independence. So 
really interesting teams. Uh, a lot of fun covering this. Like I said, first time I was exposed to college football was through the Mountain West Conference at Ricicle Stadium. Uh, really good venue, University of Utah on a Saturday and September, October, and November. A little cold in November, not going to lie. Been to a lot of cold games, been to a lot of hot games too. And Utah gets pretty toasty and really cold. But enough about that. We're going to be talking again about teams with most approved in 2019 and the team uh, out of the mountain, the first team out of the mountain, and then after we'll be talking the next team out of the west. Now they call, that's how they divide their conferences. Sometimes it's north, south, east, west. It's actually called mountain and west, which is kind of cool because that is also the conference name. But the team out of the mountain division uh, with with the most approved, I think that... If you were to say, you know, front runners, obviously you're going to take Boise. Uh, Utah State is an extremely talented team as well, especially uh, Gary Anderson coming back and being the head coach there. But really, uh, you 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 set those two teams aside, and you get a lot of interesting teams. Uh, and one of them is the Air Force Falcons. And I decided to choose this team because I've always been able to follow them really close. I've Never been to Colorado Springs. I have been to Denver, though. It is really pretty. I actually had a friend that lived in Colorado Springs for a couple of years. He really enjoyed it. So uh, anyway, but Air Force, like I said, I always say an interesting team just because all these teams are interesting. But Air Force, very unique in this season. Last season was rough. The year before was rough. Their two years in 2016, they go 10-3. and three. Uh, 15, 8, and 6, 2014, 10, and 3. So these teams, they're, they really are proven. They can get the job done. And if you look at it, you know, if you're a freshman that comes in at 16, you got a 10-win season under your belt. Yeah, the last two years you went 5 and 7, but now your senior year, well, let's get back to that 10 and 3. I remember how it felt my freshman year uh, if, you look at, if you look at it that way. We know that the military academies are uh, also special cases just due because they can get deployed and stuff like that. They're also studying to better our country, so kudos to them as well. But I think this team has a lot to prove, and I will say this because in all of their losses last year, they went 5-7. and seven. Every single one of their losses, if you look at it, it was less than 10 points. Uh, 27-33, 6 points. They lost. 42-32, 10 points. 25-28, 3 points. 17-21, 4 points. 38-48, 10 points. 14-17, 3 points. 35-27, 8 points. So this team, they weren't, they were in the games. It wasn't that they were getting blown out and, you know, they had a game where they got, they lost by, you know, 45 points. No, this team was in it. And I think that is, I mean, that is kind of a a, a stat that I can also turn because uh, Air Force also is a very run-friendly offense. So the majority of the time it is hard. You got to, you got to bank on them making a mistake or getting a turnover fumble um, on the rare time they pass an interception stops stop the the running basically uh troy calhoun has ran i don't know if it's considered the triple option but they are a really run heavy team and so that might be the reasons why they are kept they are so close but nonetheless they weren't blown out and they played some good teams utah state Boise State, uh, Army. So uh, they had some teams that, uh, even FAU, which we know is a super high-powered offense, uh, they played some teams that, that had the potential to blow them out, and they didn't. But if you're looking forward to 2019, they bring back a lot of 
a lot of interesting uh, pieces. Obviously, Troy Calhoun, uh, the coach that has been here uh, for now his 13th season. So he's been around the block. He's bringing uh, Donald Hammond III at quarterback. Uh, a lot of people are saying that he's going to have a breakout year. He, this could be the year that puts him over the edge. Uh, so, And Sean Carney is the quarterback that I most remember that played for Air Force. And I think that he has a lot. Uh, I watched their spring game. I think they have a lot of similarities in that, though I've been able to watch a little bit as much as I can online and stuff, I think he has a lot of similarities there. But this team, uh, they play home against Colgate to start off the season, and I know that Colgate, uh, they are a really good FCS school, covering the FCS for a while now. They're a good school not to be trifled with, but luckily it is at home. Uh, Colorado and Utah as well, but Colorado has a very unique feature, and that's the altitude. Teams have to come in. It's going to be high in altitude. you got to get used to that. That is a thing, especially if you're trying to play up-tempo. It doesn't work at high altitude. It it will suck the wind out of you, and you'll be gasping for air. Interestingly enough, I'll actually... I I thought this was really unique. Me being from Utah, uh, we're known, you know, on the the Rocky Mountains, and I've always lived, uh, I believe my my city is close to 5,000 feet in elevation, so really close to mile high, right? We're talking about 200 feet. Uh, I've hiked up to above 10,000 feet. I've seen, I've been on top of what I felt was like the world in the, in the Uinta Mountains and in the Rocky Mountains. I actually, last year, I traveled to Denver. It was the first time that I've ever been to Denver, and I was like, whoa, this is like Utah, but backwards, right? Other side of the Rockies uh, has, you know, in, in Utah, Salt Lake City, it's flat because it goes out towards the lake. Uh, in Denver, it's flat, goes out towards the prairie. Really kind of, really similar towns, but unique towns nonetheless. I, the first thing that I see as I get off the airplane uh, and you get into the Denver airport, uh, they have all these signs and they're selling oxygen. And I actually laughed and, and a lot of people that were on the cross-country team, they're like, what, what is this? A lot of them are from Vegas in California. Not many of them are from Utah. So I thought it was really funny. I was like, man, they're selling air. Like, I honestly, it brought me back to the Lorax where, you know, they're like, oh, we're selling fresh air, you know, bottles of air. <laughs> why, why would you need air? But living at altitude and always having that altitude mentality – and being like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to go train at 10,000 feet, and it'd be fun. Like, it, it never sits into me with somebody that, that that is from California moving, going up uh, to such a high elevation might play a factor. And it does. Uh, I didn't really notice it in my running uh, just due to the fact that I even here in St. George, where I'm, where I'm living at right now and training at, it's 3,000 feet, so it's not that big of a jump uh, just for one race. But really a unique place, and I know all over Colorado – Oh, well, at least in the Denver, uh, Colorado Springs, Boulder areas, they'll be selling oxygen. So if you ever in that part of the country ever have an opportunity to go to Denver, don't forget to buy your oxygen. They actually have regular flavor and a mint flavor for just walking around. So uh might be a fun souvenir to take home. It's a good laugh. I thought it was. But back to Air Force. Uh, they play Colgate. I, I think that they get a win there. Uh, they do go to Boulder uh, just a little ways up the road against Colorado. Colorado's going through a coaching change, uh, and I think I think the Buffs are also primed for a really decent season, so it'll be a good game. Uh, then they play at Boise State, so they kind of get slammed right at the first of the year where it's it's going to be tough. It's not going to... The first three games, even Colgate, uh, just do because I know Colgate is a 
big uh, and good FCS school. They'll be tough. And then they get a little bit of a break with San Jose State. I think that uh, the, you know, the Spartans, they've struggled in years past. There were a couple years that they went to uh, a couple bowl games, but I think that was due to coaching more so than uh, anything. Uh, they do play Navy, and in the, when the academies play, as is always, I think there's a lot of pride on the line, obviously playing for the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Uh, always fun to watch. you always got to be peeled to see what's going to happen. Uh, and then they play Fresno State, whom I think is the slight favorite, them and San, San Diego State out of the, the west side of the conference. So uh, that will be a tough game, but they do get them home. They play at Hawaii. And I've always wondered this, and maybe uh, I can ask somebody, but, man, wouldn't it be great to be able to go to Hawaii? I feel like that would be kind of a distraction. Like, oh, look, we're Hawaii. Come to Honolulu. Come. you you got to go early if you're, you know, if you're going to be preparing for a football game. There's Saturday. They're probably flying, you know, Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Uh, and they get to Hawaii, and good heavens, you're going down to the beach, you're lounging around, you have the lays uh, around your neck, you're having a good time. Man, I feel like that would be a really hard just, and big distraction, going to Hawaii. But they play at Hawaii, uh, they play home against Utah State, luckily home against Utah State, uh, that way, you know, the, the you know, predicted uh division winners you have one home one on the uh, on the road uh they play home against army at new mexico at colorado state and home against wyoming i think they finish off the last three games of the season fairly easy uh despite two on the road i think they they get those last three games easily and now we're looking at you're like okay well you're looking three uh four five six we're maybe six seven Potentially, they get a couple upsets, eight, nine. Uh, I think they're they're primed for a breakout season. They have a lot of to prove. And last time that they had a losing season outside of seventeen, the last two years, uh, it was in two thousand thirteen. They went two and ten, turned around, went ten and four the next year. So this team is definitely capable of doing that. Uh, Coach Calhoun is also capable of coaching a team like that. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with you know getting the timing down, and I think overall that they will. Again, team was supposed to prove in 2019. Teams that I think that will also improve in 2019 uh, out of the mountain side of the Mountain West are the Air Force Falcons. As our show goes along, we're going to take a brief sponsored segment. Uh, and then afterwards, we'll be back to talk about the last uh, couple divisions and then to finish off this podcast. Stay tuned after the ad break for the west side of the Mountain West Conference. Okay, once again, uh, thank you for that ad break. Uh, I do it myself, uh, but thank Anchor for allowing me to be able to do this and podcast to you guys. Next up, West Division of the Mountain West Conference. Something that has been in debate. I'll tell you the two teams that I ha- cannot get my mind around. Number one, Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Tough, tough team to predict, right? I watched their game against Louisiana Tech last year, and I thought, hey, this team... I, I had watched a little bit all season. I had been trying to follow them as closely as I possibly could. Uh, and I go... You know what? I think that this team could do well. I think that all of uh, the chips fell for the right reason. 
Um, and then they kind of disappointed me, and I was, like, sad. I was like, okay, when I finally watch a full game, because a lot of the times, Hawaii, it's like 11 o'clock here in Utah when they're playing, and it's like 6 o'clock because the crazy time change. And it's really hard to watch watch them and, and to keep tabs on them, so I was like, okay, well, what, what team could I that I think that is, you know, my, I might be able to talk about a little bit easier. Uh, I think Hawaii potentially has a lot to prove in 2019, but the team that I think has the most to prove uh, is UNLV, uh, the, the Rebels. Lots of reasons. Number one, Tony Sanchez, he is a Las Vegas guy. He coached at Bishop Gorman. Uh, we know that Bishop Gorman is a, is a really good high school uh, down there have a lot of interesting players come out of Bishop Gorman. A lot of people know it. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's kid went there. Uh, have a lot of famous, uh, popular people there uh, at Bishop Gorman Private School down in Las Vegas. However, they bring him in to kind of, I think, to to help the city as a whole and then to help uh, the program as well. I, th- I do think he is a really good coach, but he has been anything but spectacular i and i mean that in the nicest way i really do like unlv but they're they have not got to a bowl game and it is sad because i think uh i think that they had the opportunity in 17 to be able to get to a bowl game Uh, i actually went down to las vegas uh it's only if you're driving to Las Vegas, I tell you, well, it's a two-hour drive. But if you're driving there, it's only an hour because it, you cross over from St. George into Littlefield, Arizona. It's a crossover. There's a time change. You get to Mesquite, Nevada, you know, on to Vegas. It's really only, I mean, hour of time on your clock from when you leave, but it's a two-hour drive in total. Uh, but So I'm really close to, to Las Vegas down here. I actually went in 2017 to, uh, to Samoyed Stadium. I watched them play. BYU, uh, I thought that they had an opportunity to beat BYU over and over again. I was, like, scratching my head. I was like, come on, UNLV, beat them. Come on, Rebels, let's do this. And it was, like, almost, and then they, and then, and then BYU would come back. And then they, they'd surge ahead and BYU would come back. It was like, oh, my goodness, this is really starting to get hard for me to watch this. But I think that this year, I think this is a do-or-die year. Next year, they will be leaving Sam Boyd Stadium, which is really kind of interesting to me because I don't understand why. Uh, I, I get, I guess, because you're going to be playing on the Strip. They will be playing uh, where the Raiders play. They'll be uh, keeping that uh, as the new football stadium down there. I don't know what Sam Boyd will happen, what will happen to that, but I think this team has a lot to prove, and I think that comes from on part of the coaching staff, just due to the high expectations, uh, expectations of the coaching staff, and not delivering a bowl game. Uh, last year they went four and eight when I thought they, I, I had them on the on the rise and uh, able to get to a bowl game. Uh, they disappointed me with losses to New Mexico and sadly losses to Hawaii. Air Force and San Jose State, in which I thought that they would win. However, that does not mean that this year they can't do it. And I'm going to say this. Their schedule is tough. I mean, it is a brutal, brutal slate that they have, but they can do it. And I and I think that the, if any team, uh, this is the most, UNL, most prepared UNLV team. Uh, d- their defense will be young, but they return a lot of talent on offense. Uh, they start off home uh, August 31st, Southern Utah, uh, just a little bit uh, up the road from where I live in Cedar City, had coach uh, Ryan on the show. They will start off there. Uh, then they play Arkansas State. Arkansas State is a tough tough school uh they 
and they pump out FBS coaches left and right. I mean, Gus Malzahn was there, and I could, I mean, I could probably go into just talking about the teams that were at Arkansas State and NIU in where they're at now. Uh, but that is a tough game. However, they do get the Red Wolves at home. Uh, then they do play Northwestern. Uh, they do have to go to Evanston, Illinois, which will be a hard game. Uh, Northwestern, also a really big Big Ten team. But you know what? If you're 2-1 and one and you're heading in to conference slate, that is, I, I'd say that's a win. I think that they have the, the opportunity. There's a lot of bubble teams in the Mountain West, and I think they have the opportunity to beat a lot of these guys. Now, they do. Now the, this is where it will get hard uh, outside of that one trip to uh, Illinois. They do play out Wyoming. I think they can potentially get a win there. And then they play home against Boise State. This is where it gets hard. Boise State, Vanderbilt, Fresno, San Diego. If you can get just one of those games, I mean, that's the hardest slate of the schedule because then they play Colorado State, Hawaii, San Jose State, UNR, or Nevada. Uh, and they do play at Nevada. We'll go into a little bit later. But that that four-schedule slate, if you can get out of that, and I think, I think as a coaching staff – I mean, obviously, you think that you can win a- a- any given day, but I think you have to be honest to yourself. You have four games. If you can get a win out of one of those games, I think that is a win for the program, right? So let's say they're they're three and one going into that, and they come out of it four and four. Okay, now out of four, we only have to win two of the next games. Colorado State potentially a win. Hawaii potentially a win. San Jose potentially a win. UNR potentially a win. There now you're looking at it. You're like, okay, well we could potentially go eight and four, but we can also go four and eight as well. So I think this UNLV team on the offensive side of the ball has a lot of firepower. Like I said, I think uh, their co- their quarterback uh, Armani Rogers actually got hurt last year. I think that does. Uh, it was only six games in, so after. October 19th, uh, he was basically, I mean, they were using somebody else, and they only got two wins after that. They had two wins before. However, I think that, that I mean, anytime you take out a, a star quarterback, I think it always hurts to lose them. But I think UNLV has the, the opportunity for a breakout ske- uh, season. Uh, I think, I mean, like I said, you know, the crossover, you get Boise State, that, I mean, tough slate, but... Luckily, it's at home uh, against Boise. Uh, you do have to play, you know, the, the the favorites for the conference, Fresno, San Diego State, one on the road, one at home. Luckily, you're not playing home and home because that means the next year you're at, at, or way away. Uh, but this year, you know, it's split. Like I said, if you can get one of those, uh, one of those four, I think this UNLV team is poised and ready to go. Uh, teams with most approved. Again, this has a lot, uh, a lot to do on the coaching staff a big question mark there just because i think it is it's really important when you can get an alum or a hometown guy to coach and then we want those expectations met and i think tony sanchez i think this is a year that he does it uh i will actually be in attendance uh at one of these games i'm hoping to go to uh, the ones later in november and I will be doing a podcast probably from Las Vegas down there, give you guys a little bit of a look into what it's like at UNLV uh, on a Saturday. Uh, anyway, so teams with most approved out of the Mountain West was Air Force and UNLV. Really fun to talk about these two teams. Uh, I think, you know... The, these two teams have, like I said, a lot to prove. Uh, a lot is up in the air scheduling-wise. The Mountain West is full of talent. 
And I know everyone talks about, I mean, American Athletic gets a lot of coverage. You know, they want it, you know, okay, make, make it six. I honestly think that the Mountain West could easily make a case of being stronger than the American Athletic in talent and, and, and talent-wise. I would personally like to see a lot more crossover games between the American Athletic and the Mountain West just to see where the talent would be. Uh, however, uh, I'm not, I don't get to dictate schedules or anything, but we'll be fi- we'll be finishing off this podcast. We'll be talking about one more side of the conference, um, just the Mac West, uh, side of the conference in the mid American, uh, conference. Uh, that will be next up. We'll sign off and we will get you ready for the last or the final episode of teams with most approved in 2019. So stay tuned. Mac West coming up next. Okay, our final side of the conference that we'll be talking about on this podcast segment or uh, podcast episode series will be the Mac West uh, side of the conference, the Mid American Conference. Now, this this conference has always been also pretty near and dear to my heart, uh, just due to the fact because the a lot of these teams, like I said, they're segue up to the Power Five, and if you don't, if you're not paying attention to what's going on in the Mac, the Mountain West, the Sun Belt, the, the the CUSA, the American, you're not going to know what's going to be happening. Uh, I mean, money talks, right? Uh, they'll get the the big schools like Michigan, Ohio State, Kentucky, Florida, Georgia, Arkansas. They'll get the guy. They they will. I mean, look at Auburn. You know, pulling Gus Malzahn uh, out. It it really is interesting to see where these guys start off and where these guys end up going. One of the teams out of the Mac West that is also near and dear and whom I always like to talk about is the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Now, Chris Creighton, I think, has put together one of the most impressive runs. I mean, obviously in program history, but also in Mac history. Uh, this team... For years in my predictions, I would look at, I'd say, okay, you know, you play uh, one FCS team, okay, you might have one team in which you might get lucky, so I want to guess this guy, and the rest are going to be losses, two and ten. And that, honestly, that's how I predicted a lot of their their, their years uh, before Chris Creighton. Once Chris Grayton got here, he started turning things around. Uh, I was able to watch them play two games uh, in 2017. I watched them play two games last year, full, you know, on ESPN. Uh, a lot of the time, it's during Mac play because they end up playing on Wednesday and uh, Friday, Saturday nights, and stuff like that. Random nights throughout throughout the week. And when you have nothing to do and you're in college, hey, why not watch a football game? Even if it is the Mac conference, it's not, you know, what everybody is expecting to watch. That's something I would do. I love it. And I want to say why I think Eastern Michigan has even more to prove is just due to the fact that they went to a bowl game in 2016. They didn't in 17. They went in 2018. And and they and they did well in 2018. Uh I had I thought they did exactly. I guessed that they would go 7 and 5 in the regular season and they went 7 and 5. You know, they lost to Georgia Southern in in a bowl game. Uh but that does not matter. I think yeah, for these these teams that are in these Power Five com or not Power Five Group of Five conference, I think it is more important getting to the bowl game uh, to to say to yourself, hey, you know what? We set ourselves up. We played our butts off. You know, we got we got seven to five. 
And they made it 7-5. Uh, they had wins over Monmouth. They actually beat Purdue 20-19. I, that was a game, one of the games that I watched. Really a fun game. Uh, they beat Toledo, who was favored to win. They beat Ball State. They beat Central Michigan, Akron, and then Kent State. So this team is actually, I mean, uh, they were three. They were on a three-game winning streak. Ended up losing to Georgia Southern again. But that is not going to stop I, Chris Creighton. Uh, I think it is really also impressive that he has stayed uh he was at drake got pulled up uh to yipsplani michigan which i actually wrote a paper on they said it is the quietest college football town in the nation uh fun fact that's a good old english 2010 assignment it was a 10-page paper and i actually talked about a little bit about college football and yipsplani michigan uh was on there as the quietest football town fun and interesting but i think that these eagles uh i think they have a lot of character a lot of heart and i think they they're going to set themselves up for yet another winning season they do play coastal carolina uh coastal carolina you know their coach has had some issues uh really i think they're trying to establish themselves i mean they're a good baseball school that's what i know a lot about uh the chanticleers but i think that you know eastern michigan can go in and win they will play in Lexington. I think that is a tough game. Uh, anytime you play an SEC foe, even if it is the bottom uh, of the the SEC. I mean, Kentucky last year coming off a really impressive season. So I think that'll be a tough game for them. And then they play at Illinois. And I think this is one of those games. I mean, they beat Purdue. And Purdue was really good last year. And Illinois was not as good as Purdue last year. So these guys can, once again, go in... Uh, kind of play i mean it's more like big brother little brother like oh you know we're the big 10 we're we're the you know midwest and then the mac is just kind of the the second tier big 10 i think this is where eastern michigan can show them that they're not and they're ready to play if they can get a win against illinois going in playing central connecticut state you look at it they could be three and one to start off the season and then they play central michigan which was one of the worst teams in the nation last year if they get a win there ball state another bad team in their conference they're six and one going in and they're going to start playing they they play the slate right this is where it's going to get tough they play toledo toledo also one of the favorites to win the side of the conference again i will have niu that is the safest i know that's the safest bet i know it's not much of a bet but uh, you know, Toledo's always in there, but, uh, they, you know, they play Holmes Western, which they could, they could win. They play at Toledo. Buffalo was really good last year. Can they recoup this next year? I don't know. They have a Buffalo team and they come, uh, to Ypsilanti, Michigan. And then they play at Akron, which Akron, uh, surprisingly, was picked as one of the worst teams in the MAC, as one of the teams to go on the down. So that was really interesting to me. Uh, then they will play the favorites to win this side of the conference, NIU. However, NIU does. Uh, let me. I want to check my facts. Give me just a second. Yeah, they lose Rod Carey, so it will be a first-year coach. And first-year coaches uh, usually have a lot of success here. Uh, you look at it, Dave Dorian, eleven and three first year. Uh, Rod Carey also twelve and three or twelve and two his first year. So I think NIU is not going to skip a beat. Uh, but this Eastern Michigan team could rival it. Also Kent State, a really uh, uh, another team that was predicted at the bottom 
uh, of this next year. If you look at preseason rankings and stuff like that, I still think that they can come back. Uh, however, I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know, Eastern, you know, Eastern Michigan. You could maybe say two losses for certain uh, that I would for sure say, okay, yeah, they're going to lose. But everything else is up in the air, and they could go anywhere from ten and two to. Two and ten. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to say. I think this Eastern Michigan team is better. I think uh, again, Chris Creighton has turned this program around, getting them in the right way, able to get to two bowl games. I mean, before they'd only been to one other bowl game, and that was the California Bowl, which I didn't even know was a thing. They played San Jose State and they won. So I think they. I think this is another opportunity for them just to continue to improve and to continue to rival uh, Northern Illinois on this side of the conference. So teams with most approved. 2019 Mac West edition is the Eastern Michigan Eagles. All right, that is all, folks, for this uh, episode with Teams the Most Approved in 2019 Part Three. Uh, I will start working on Part Four as soon as I can, which is probably literally 10 seconds after I finish this episode again which i will say to you a lot of fun coming up on this podcast series again i want this to be a little bit different Uh, i will be talking about my opinion and my insight into the sport but i also want to have the coaches and have those interviews that are so you know crucial and vital to um to this podcast to be able to come on uh we're looking at uh, this upcoming week to have Montana, Rhode Island. Uh, hopefully, I'm working with Weaver State here in Ogden, which is a great addition. Uh, really powerful team uh, on to come on the podcast to talk a little bit um, again about the upcoming season. We'll finish off part four. Uh, also, I want to talk about coaches in the hot seats. I'll probably pick two or three coaches, hot seats, power five, two or three coaches, hot seats, group of five, and then coaches, first year coaches with the most pressure. Uh, that will also be a, a podcast and we'll be talking about basically the latest and greatest news in college football. We'll be looking. I mean, I follow college football as closely as anybody else in this in this nation, and I'm working my butt off. Uh, and then, I mean, a ways down the road, we're talking probably about month, just to give you guys a little bit of an insight, my fans. Uh, we'll we will probably be looking into having each individual conference as a as a podcast episode sec predictions uh big 10 predictions obviously the pac-12 love me some pac-12 football uh trying to work with them also to get one of their schools on the podcast really working hard to get uh as of right now oregon state but i will also be reaching out to some of the other schools to be able to get on the podcast so a lot of fun a lot of upcoming things um, I will continue to to work hard to, to bring the best for you guys. Uh, also, another little fun tidbit. Uh, I will also be getting my own logo. Uh, we'll get it copyrighted, the name and everything. Well, I guess it technically is because I'm using it. So, But a lot, we'll be getting that, so look for a new logo. If you follow uh, me on social media, you will obviously see that change and uh, on the Instagram and Facebook page. Also, we'll be, we'll, we have a lot of fun things, uh, a lot of fun marketing things, a lot of fun, interesting ideas that I have that I want to grow this podcast. So, but 
I cannot grow this podcast without you, my friends, my family, uh, and my fans out there that listen to this podcast uh, weekly or daily. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends about this. It is It really is a fun podcast. Uh, if any of you want to come on, I'm always willing to have a guest on here talk football. There's nothing better. I'm sorry. There's nothing more stress-relieving. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe I should put it on a poll. What's better, a six-mile run or a... Uh, We'll say 20-minute talk about college football was more stress-relieving. We'll figure that out. Uh, a lot of, like I said, uh, we'll be having that uh, that on the show. So tell your family, tell your friends. I can't, I wouldn't be possible without you guys. Thank you, uh, and keep the ball rolling throughout this week. Have a good one.